Hey guys, welcome to the podcast Strikes Back. My name is George and you're listening to our weekly show Top 8. Where we break down the biggest week's stories, newses, evers. Solid intro. Weeks' newses. Joining me today are the usual suspects, Connor yep. and Benny. Hello. How's your week been, guys? What have you been watching? Um, I was actually sick um, on Wednesday, so I ended up watching quite a few movies. But what stood out was Keanu. I actually really liked that film. Oh, that's the Key and Peele one, right? Key and Peele. Um, I think it's the first movie that they've done. Yeah, yeah. I'm very interested to see that. You liked it? I did. I thought it was... Um, that's on Netflix, right? Yeah. That I only watch films. <laughs> they come up on Netflix. It was pretty cool. Same. Yeah, it was good. Uh, speaking of Netflix, I just watched the first episode last night of uh, Marvel's Iron Fist. And how was that? I was a bit trepidatious getting into it, given the reviews have been pretty damning. Um, like, this is by far the worst reviewed MCU property by a wide margin. It's the only one that's been negatively reviewed. It's the only thing they've got that's rotten. Uh, it, like, it's incredible Hulk has like 60-something percent, for God's sake, on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, and I... Unfortunately, don't have much good to say about it. Again, I've only seen the first episode, but the idea of going through another 12 is a bit daunting at this point. Damn. Well, something that I think got an amazing beginning to the series is Dirk Gently. I've watched the first two episodes of that, and I'm absolutely loving it. I think this is, you're really seeing Max Landis at his best here. I, I think I pumped through that in one sitting. Yeah, it's one of those series that I just kind of started and was like, oh, well, this is the next 12 hours for me. I haven't seen it. I didn't realize it was a Max Landis uh, written, written created by. Okay, cool. He's a very divisive figure. Did you guys like the series though? Oh, loved it. It's it- got a very British flavor. And uh, I looked up uh, after I'd watched those episodes. It was a co-production between Netflix and BBC America. And you can feel that. It's very Douglas Adams. It's very quirky and very dark humor as well. I'll have to check it out if I don't neck myself watching uh, Iron Fist. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck, man. If Ben's here for the next podcast, you'll know he's made it through. Not that bad. Um, all right, well, let's move on to our top eight. Um, number one is the the new Matrix reboot. Warner Bros. announced it, uh, that they're in the early stages of producing a new film in the Matrix franchise. Now, most people thought when they first heard this news that this was going to be a complete reboot. Um, but it's been since confirmed that it's not a reboot, it's a continuing of the franchise. Yeah, Zach Penn tweeted... All I can say at this point is no one could or should reboot The Matrix. So that's a good sign. Yeah, that's that's definitely the right idea. Um, I'm glad they came right out straight away and tried to correct um, this after a million articles were written about um, this Michael B. Jordan reboot of The Matrix. Well, uh, I mean, they didn't say it's not a reboot. They just said that they shouldn't do it. And if we know anything, studios love doing things that they shouldn't do. Yeah, I guess. I hope they don't do that, but... If they go the sequel route, I think that's a great option. I think the best scenarios where you get a, a reboot are, you know, 20, 30 years later. And the mm-hmm. Matrix was, what, 99? So, 18, 18 years ago. So, that that film is so groundbreaking still. It still looks amazing. It holds up. Like, if they went for a Absolutely. reboot, I would have I would have been really, really pissed. But... They're doing the sequel, and I think there's a lot of opportunities there for world building. And Has, Have they said anything about continuing any of the original characters? No, I don't think there's any information like that out. There's nothing on cast. Yeah. This, this is, is one franchise, though, really, where I, I wouldn't mind seeing some more in that world. Um, I think it could really sustain it. I mean, we, we have seen uh, spinoffs in the past. Uh, Georgie, you were just talking earlier about the Animatrix. 
Yeah, and there's that one in the Animatrix, the two-parter, where it shows you the whole history of how the machines came into power and how robots became part of everyday life and then... It's it's so many opportunities for more more material like that mm. to just further enhance the first Matrix film. So, what are the chances then this could maybe be a sequel? Yeah, it's going to be something like that. And I was thinking about it um, in Matrix Revolutions with the architect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went back and looked on the Wikipedia article. He, I remembered him talking about repetition and how Neo was the sixth incarnation of... Mm that leaves a lot of room to explore you know there's another one maybe michael b jordan's another Mm. character that is unlocked to this notion of the matrix and you know if it's done correctly i think it'd be a good addition to the franchise well i mean i would say below 50 percent are actually good (laughs) yeah out of the three Uh, yeah all right well good point are you you're a bit of a revolutions i think revolutions is amazing um not necessarily in the same league as the Matrix, or or even as the same sort of thing, but I really think it's a fantastic film. Uh, the Why, third, the third, Why do you think that? Uh, just just as just as a <laughs> string of action set pieces, I think it is next level stunning. Like the 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 truck uh, chase on the highway, mind blowing. The 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 scene in that that staircase room with the that albino guys. Um, crazy, and and even uh, at the end when he's just like flying to save Trinity, and the cars are all tornadoing behind him. Goddamn, like just such striking imagery. Uh, the third movie sucks, though. <laughs> but the one bit that doesn't hold up is his little Nintendo sixty four battling all the other Neos. Oh, sorry, Agent Smiths, Agent Smiths. I love that too. Really? Yeah. I mean, when I think about that movie, that's what comes up. I love it. I love it because I love that that seeing the history and evolution of computer-generated effects and how much The Matrix contributed to pushing the boundaries for what was achievable yeah. um, technically. But that particular bit, uh, it doesn't... Compared to other stuff in the film, it looks so funny and they look rubbery and strange. I don't know. I'm into it. Um, it like, one Hugo Weaving is great. Um, 50 is just... What a treat. Um, so number two on our, our list is a baby driver trailer came out. Um, I had heard nothing about this film. Um, as per usual, usual, (laughs) just kind of wander through this world (laughs) (laughs) happening to on on trailers. Um, no. So this is the, the new Edgar Wright film, both written and directed by him. So it's going to be amazing. Yeah. Except the world's end. I revisited that and I wanted to love it. Hmm. But that's the one out of his catalog that doesn't quite work for me. All of his other ones, Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, those are two of my absolute favorites. And I know you love Scott, Scott Pilgrim. Pilgrim. I love it as well. Yeah. What an amazing film. And I, I didn't mind World's End. Um, it's certainly not his best work, if you were to stack it up. Um, but by no means a bad film. I haven't watched it since the cinema. I remember being disappointed. Definitely not disliking it, but but not falling in love with it. Like like everything else he's done is a ten or eleven out of ten for me. Agreed. And I think that's probably what that movie suffered from. I don't definitely it, it might have just been that that movie could have never been good because if you have if you go from Shaun of the Dead then to um, Hot Fuzz, where do you like where do you go from there? That you've you've hit the nail on the head twice out of two out of three times. I just think that that's yeah, it's near impossible to get that right. But it looks fun, doesn't it? Uh, it looks like Drive with Driving. Um, it looks like Drive with, you know, plot and 
movement and pacing and and i'm seeing some james dean elements with his car and his look the actor i can't I, ansel elgort is that it ansel i don't know let's say let's let's go with that isn't doesn't that sound like a bartender in a star wars <laughs> you know car <laughs> well he was up for the role for han solo actually. yeah he was actually yeah kind of looks like him in this movie he's the actor that i go oh i know him from that thing and that's the cancer kind of movie from the cancer movie well yeah I, I figured that out today if they were going for that kind of uh driver um stereotype that you've seen a lot of films but if they're going for something a little bit more quirky then i can see that uh yeah totally i think this trailer looked pretty good um then i watched the international trailer which you guys haven't seen i don't believe and i thought that was really something else like that that um is actually feels like an edited uh coherent piece um and it really really sold me on the movie much more than the other trailer the other one definitely felt more like a teaser trailer to me yeah, well, it didn't give really anything away, apart from the fact that Kevin Spacey's in it, which is enough for me. I'll watch pretty much anything with him in it. Even that cat one that he brought out? Hmm, will you watch that one, Connor? What cat one? Nine Lives, is it called? No, it Nine didn't. Lives. That, that's not a real thing. It's, it's, <laughs> that doesn't exist. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, number three, we've got the, the new Transformers trailer, also Yay. dropped. Um, uh... Yeah, so speaking of things that uh, studios shouldn't do, Another Transformers film. Milk it, milk it until there's nothing left. Oh god! What so, is this movie about? I don't know. Like I it's honestly called don't the know. Last Night. Some of the trailers focus on Optimus Prime being a bad guy now or something, and some of them it's like King Arthur's in some of them. It doesn't he go back to Nazi Germany as well? There's Nazi Germany in there. Are, have they gone back to it, or is that just like a throwback to? All these movies have like throughout time. There was some bullshit Transformers stuff going on, so I'm sure it's just going to be that again. But uh... I mean, the new trailer didn't give us anything. Like more explosions, more kind of big set pieces. the The thing that kind of bothered me about this film is that um, it looked as though it was comprised um, at a board meeting where people were like, "How do we connect with the youth of today?" Well, we'll give them a um, a female protagonist doing a monologue you know, we'll just really kind of beat them over the head with it. Um, and then we'll, you know, we'll, we'll put in some, you know, funny thing. Millennials love funny things. I mean, yeah, it just did not seem like a, a coherent trailer. It's such a shame to see this once great franchise brought low like this. I had such high hopes Sorry, for the up, fifth back movie. Once great franchise. <laughs> I'm kidding. They're all shit. <laughs> Everyone likes to say, oh, no, the first one was good. Then they turned to shit. They're all exactly the same level of garbage. No, I think no, the, the, I first think one, the right. fourth one is a special brand. Oh, no, actually, I completely agree. The fourth one was a new low. No, 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 no. Nothing will beat the second one. That is, I think the fourth uh, one is way worse. I wanted to blow my brains out in the cinema. <laughs> I, I recently did a marathon where... You know, over the course of about two no. weeks, I watched one to four. I fucking hate wow. It. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hadn't watched it. Like, I mean, I I wanted to like, I wanted to see robots fight, and they all have. Each movie, admittedly, has little gems in them. Oh, where are, with, in terms of like industrial light and magic stuff, oh, amazing. There's uh, some amazing um, stuff in. They there. all have you know little moments that I enjoy. So I kind of think I blocked everything out and was like, oh, I'll just. I'll watch these again to to relive some of those moments. It's not worth it. <laughs> it's so not worth it. The- of course. I could have told you that, and you would have <laughs> saved yourself 2.5 hours times by four. But I don't trust hours. your taste in movies, so I wouldn't have. Listen, at least we've got baby Dinobots in this one. So oh, we'll all so be all, all right. And, and Mark Wahlberg speaking to the T-Rex thing. Cade Yeager. Is that his name? Yeah. 
he's a nutty professor, crazy inventor, K. Diego. I just like imagine what Mark Wahlberg walking in the first day and be like, I'll do this movie, but I want to pick my own name. I'm going to be called Cade Yeager. That's the second Star Wars name we've had in this podcast. So we've got... Ansel Elgort. Ansel Elgort. And now Cade Yeager. Cade Yeager. Let's see, that's been off. Let's get some I, um, more Star Wars names out there, guys. So moving on uh, to number four, we've got a Venom standalone film announced by Sony. Um, and one of the interesting things is that... <laughs> Yay! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, just when things were looking good for Sony... Yeah, I love how they're like, we can really milk this. Let's, you know, we don't need MCU. Because this is the thing that they said last year about it was that it would be a standalone Sony film, uh, not as a part of MCU. They'd really butchered the Spider-Man films. The first three, the Raimi ones, I love, but... Even the third one? Uh, I, I like it. Compared I to like the other it, ones. Yeah. It's the worst out of those ones, but I don't mind it. But uh, I thought when they partnered up with Marvel and entered the MCU with Tom Holland's Spider-Man, there was, I was feeling really good. And Marvel is taking c- creative control of the project and the properties. And I'm re- I've been really excited. And now I feel like this is really going to muddle everything up. I don't know how Sony's kind of fucked this up. Marvel basically went to them and be like, would you like us to print money for you? And Sony's like, yes, we would. Just sit down and shut up and we'll take care of it from here. <laughs> Let us that easy. do the work. Yeah. Whatever they're doing, I don't know what this conscious decisions they're making, but it seems very counterproductive to me. It's hard, it's hard to say without knowing entirely how this is going to fit into everything. Like, if it's part of the MCU or not, I don't know. I think it, maybe what they're angling for is like their own Deadpool sort of thing. With Venom. Um, with Venom, absolutely. Who's, who's traditionally a wise crack and bad guy. He, well, yeah. Isn't he pretty sort of is. He is, is he? But, but he's... Yeah, he's, Carnage he's, and Venom... Yeah, but yeah, but have, there's a lot's been done with Venom in the comics since you know we were kids. Um, there's an anti-hero version now, so he's kind of a good guy. Um, but anyway, I, I honestly think that's what they could be looking at because it proved very lucrative for Fox going that way. Maybe they could be looking for a lower budget, R-rated uh, sort of violent anti-hero film. I mean, uh, I'd be interested in it, but I also... yep, I've solved their problems. Going to <laughs> get him in there. Yeah. But I feel like in two years' time, that might not be enough to make a good film anymore. I mean, we're kind of in that in that space where you have your Deadpools and your Logans that are kind of capitalizing on that R18. And I've, this might be the start of films where studios are going, oh, I know how to make a good film. We'll just make it R18. And then... That's the mistake. Of- yeah, if it's not creatively done, as in Deadpool needed to be presented that way, because in the past, when he hadn't been in Origins and whatnot... That character hadn't worked, and when he was done true to what he needs to be, which is that R-rated film, complete success. I feel like you could say exactly the same thing about Venom, though, in terms of him being put in a film, and it was poorly handled, didn't work um, if they presented it differently. I mean, obviously, there's the hurdle of how do you do Venom without Spider-Man, but... That's that's what I think. That's what I think is the problem with the Venom film, is is there enough to that character to have his own film, because... He's always been a cool bad guy, one of the coolest bad guys to look and at. Poses of yeah, to look at of Spider Man, and his and his form is really cool. His superpower is really cool, but beyond that, like, can he sustain his own film? That's where I see many problems coming towards Sony and this production. Have you guys ever seen the the, the short film um, starring Ryan Quanton about Venom? Um, I think it's called Ethics in Journalism or something. It's it's by the same guys I think who did Power slash Rangers. 
Oh, that, I know you like George. The dark, the dark sort of gritty one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, and they, they also did a, a Punisher short film starring Thomas Jane, who actually was in one of the Punisher movies, which was really, really cool. It almost redeemed that film. Um, but anyway, this is, it's a really cool little 15-minute or so film about Venom. Um, you should check it out. It may give you some faith in what they could do with the character. Interesting. Uh, I like those, those little fan films where they, they have a bit of a production budget and they can execute something really interesting. And I really did like that Power Rangers one. They've got a release date for it, actually, isn't it? October in 2018? Yeah, so, so 18 they're, months. They're really pumping forward ahead, ahead with this. And it would be interesting to see how that kind of, if that spurs off an, an entirely new franchise with Sony. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll have to wait and, and check that out. Um, nah, they'll fuck it up. I just hope they don't butcher what Marvel's doing. If they just do their thing and keep it unrelated, fine. But as Benny said earlier... Get the hell off my lawn. So take us off MCU. Um, there's a lot of news happening around DC at the moment. Um, so DC is, is really circling directors for a number of upcoming projects. Um, I think one of the more notable ones is Matthew Vaughn for uh, Man of Steel 2. Um, Good choice. I mean, is it? I uh, think so. I, don't, I, I have zero interest to see Man of Steel 2 at the moment. I mean, I I love I really enjoyed Man of Steel one. I know it wasn't a very popular film, um, in terms of critics and stuff, but um, I did enjoy it, and I probably at that time would have wanted to see a second one after the Batman vs Superman and Justice League and all this. You haven't seen Justice League yet, though. <laughs> well, but this this whole kind of I Wait, don't have think you? I can sit. Yeah. Oh my god! Maybe. Scoop <laughs> exclusive scoop. Professor X sees Justice League. <laughs> I feel like. I mean, I know. All right, so I know what it's going to be like. It's going to be this dark, gritty shit that we saw in uh, BVS. Is that is that a shorthand for it? Yes, BVS. Okay, sweet. Well done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the most unsure. <laughs> I've never heard anyone refer to it like that. But I was just it's, tired it's, of saying Batman versus it's Superman. BVS DOJ. Uh, if you want to be respectful to the whole title, it's the whole title. I don't. Yeah. I, want, I, I have enough. zero respect yeah. for that uh, film. Um, I think it's POS actually. Is the, <laughs> correct. Um, but and I know that these films are going to have the same tone. And the same kind of feel to them. Uh, and by the time we get to Man of Steel 2, I'm just going to be exhausted of three-hour dark and gritty films. Just not, not overly interested for that. But, um, Matthew Vaughan tends to bring a light tone with him, though, to everything he does, I think. Especially with Kingsman. That has a really fun vibe. And that obviously comes from the source material. But What about Kingsman? I love that movie. Yeah. So I think... And Kick-Ass as well. I thought that was amazing. The one that... The, I, I said he's a great choice, but the one film that... I didn't enjoy of his was X-Men Last Stand. X-Men First Class? Oh, yeah, that one. First Class, Last Stand? Yeah, yeah. Those two in the middle I, I didn't like. And First Class, the reboots, prequel one, didn't do much for me. Yeah, that's interesting you say that. Most people seem to hold that up as the best X-Men film. Really? Yeah. yeah. I always I thought... Don't, I, I don't know why. Days of Future Past has to be... Days of Future Past, it is. And yeah. X2 as well. Like, that's a fan favorite. Maybe it's not the best, but people love that one and hold, yeah. it, hold it in a high regard. Yeah. yeah. Um, first Class is certainly... And Apocalypse. I, <laughs> I've, I felt um, like I saw what they wanted to do with First Class. I kind of felt like that was a movie that they got halfway through the film and then just ran out of money and were like, uh, fuck, and then just kind of finished it however they could. It was very rushed, and it, I think it turned out very well considering that. Because I don't know if, if you guys remember at the time, you know, they were going through directors and, and just really trying to get that thing out on time. Uh, so I think it could have been a lot worse. But yeah, it's, it's not amazing. No, not by any stretch of the imagination. Um, but yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe Matthew Vaughn will do 
will make it a little bit lighter. I would give anything to see a good Superman movie. God damn it. I think I think that needs to freshen up because he didn't get enough screen time in Batman vs Superman and that was one of the faults in the film. And it's the Man of Steel one for me is too brooding and contemplative and there's some cool fight scenes and stuff but if you rewatch it, it's pretty boring. It takes George, a while. It's the best movie in the DCEU. That's a scary <laughs> statement. <laughs> and very, it actually is, isn't it? Absolutely. Very reflective oh, of the state of affairs. Yeah. If, if, if uh, Matthew Vaughn's bringing levity to uh, Superman, then I'm not sure what Mel Gibson will be taking to Suicide, Suicide Squad 2. He's apparently in talks, or that you know, there's some kind of rumor circling that he's attached to the, to the film. Um, that will be interesting. Listen, I think DC really need to let their directors uh, leave them alone and let them do their thing. And if they bring on someone like Mel Gibson, he will have final edit. And I think that'll show to everyone that if he does get employed and chosen to be the director of Suicide Squad 2, that DC are giving the directors the, free to, the freedom to do what they need to do. But I don't even think that it's a matter of giving the directors... Because, I mean, MCU directors are infamous for not having that much control. Um, and those films don't turn out to be crap like I'm not, these do. I'm not sure if they don't have control necessarily. I think there's a there's obviously Feige steering the ship and and there's, a, a, there's an end point to each film and it needs to marry up. But I think the directors are given some leeway in the MCU, like quite a lot of leeway to sort of make their film that they want to make. They're getting more now, and I think the films are improving as a result, so that really should be sending the message to DC. But I think that's where DC fails, is that they don't have that one, o- one area. Overar- one area that they fail, yeah. Um, is that overarching kind of direction with the entire franchise. So, you know, MCU has had a plan from pretty much day one about how they want to execute, and they've taken their time. You know, that franchise has been around for what now? Almost 10 years. Almost 10 years? It's got to be like at least that. Um, since it feels like longer. It feels like they've been do- at this for centuries. I can't believe I had a life before the yeah. interview. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, Dawn of Justice or um, any of the uh, DCU films felt like they were super rushed. They just they were like, oh, look at Marvel doing all this. Let's try and do what they did in about six years of bringing this kind of up to a, um, to where it is now. We can do that in one movie, can't we? Connor, Connor, Connor. It's the DCEU. Um, please, please get it right. Show some respect. Again, <laughs> I, I will respect yeah. that franchise when they... Respect us. <laughs> the only film that Marvel hasn't delivered on a release date on is Inhumans. That's the only film that they've changed a the release date on. Yeah. How many have DC announced, withdrawn, changed? Just, just yesterday, Aquaman's been pushed back two months. There you go. I saw that, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not upset about it. Two months. What the heck, man? It's well, apparently oh, it's because of Star Wars, because, isn't it? No, it's because um, uh, Avatar opened up the spot. Yeah. So they decided to move into and it. And Han Solo remains in May. That That's some big shoes to fill. Aquaman's like, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I can do that. But Aquaman, I think, is actually coming along looking better than anything else they're doing at the moment. Again, really? that's not saying much. No, I know, but I, it's just funny that that one is the one that seems to have had the least behind-the-scenes trouble, like, by a wide margin. In James Wan, we trust. Yeah, totally. I love his films, and Conjuring 2 is awesome. Oh, mm. such a good film. Absolutely so, you know, we'll see some cool Poseidon adventures, hopefully. <laughs> and the other one uh, that we have is uh, um, Nightwing. Is actually, apparently, Chris, uh, Chris McKay is 
attached to that now. Yep, the director of the Lego Batman movie, which we're still yet to get in Australia, god damn it, but looks awesome. I really want to see that. Yeah, so it looks like they this might be their um, attempt at doing a, a lighter film, uh, which I guess The Flash probably is also, but they just keep fucking up on that one. Maybe they've caught on. I hope they don't go like the yeah. complete other direction now, like, the next, the next Matthew Vaughn Superman one is going to be a comedy. But do, or doesn't Nightwing need to be a bit sort of tragic in a way? No, Nightwing's pretty. He's like their Spider Man. Is he pretty upbeat? Yeah, I mean Spider Man's tragic as well. But yeah, no, he's really as a character, he's very you know wisecracking and he's he's Batman without all the brood. But he's moved away from Batman. He was once Robin, and he, he so there's yeah, some so. you know there's a complexity there to the character that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. So presumably in this film he'd be Dick Grayson, the original Robin, because we know one of the Robins is dead in this universe. That would be Jason Todd, I imagine. Um, yeah. Um, and so yeah, this would be the the Dick Grayson, who the Robin who flew the nest. And then he will overtake Ben Affleck when he goes. See ya. Like six months from now. I I will put I will put a hundred dollars on it right now that that's going to happen. So the new has he officially gotten out of the new Batman film? No. No. Do you th- do you think he will star in it? I think he will I think he'll star in it, but I will say in the next 3 years we will have a new Batman yeah. announced. Yeah. In the next 3 years. That'll take really the cow. taking some risks there, George. Sometime in the future, I predict that Ben Affleck will no longer be Batman. <laughs> but it takes a long time for these films to get produced Practically and... a fortune teller. <laughs> Listen, give me a date. A date. Um Year and a half from now. Okay, 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 okay. Here we go. After the standalone Batman film comes out, he's done. He's done. That's his last one. Okay, that's a reasonable. Sweet. I you think it's in his contract. Kill him off in that one. I reckon hundred percent. I'd love to see Batman properly die. Oh, man, they should have done it in the Dark Knight Rises. Should have. They should have just broken his back and left it at that. <laughs> yeah, saved us an hour and a half. <laughs> okay, okay. Here's another one. I'll put another hundred dollars on. <laughs> Nolan, I predict, will do another... Re- they will revisit that character in, like, 30 years. Do, like, a Logan kind of thing. See, I don't know about that one. Logan kind of works, because, like, what's what's spectacular about him is that he is, you know, his superpower is that he is very strong, um, that he regenerates, and he's kind of losing that, but he's still, like, a an imposing character. 30 years later, Christian Bale is going to be a fucking elderly gentleman trying to like I, I don't i don't see that happening you know he's gone up and down in body size and his body is kind of all the different roles he's done over the years the machinist i always thought that he was working himself pretty damn hard for those roles very dedicated guy 30 years later for a batman um just like for the character is you know what are you gonna do with that yeah god they've they've never done done that story before have they like an old man batman coming never. back no one wants to see that no frank miller's never done that before um no i think there'll be a lot of interest in that because i don't think people's uh, appetite for uh, the dark knight returns was really uh fed with uh what they tried to do with bbs because they were drawing on that story for that did they yeah. did that reflect in the final film though i mean he was yeah, older because totally. yeah he was older and he's sort of like Getting back into yeah, it, and okay. being enough. extra brutal Fair and enough, shit. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying they didn't bungle it horribly, but yeah. Uh, yeah, I think there could be room for Nolan to do. I mean, that I don't like that book at all, and it's very strange. I don't know if they could do it with that that version of that character, but who knows? I mean, they made it work with Logan, which doesn't really fit into continuity at all. I, I'd just be happy if they just killed Batman off yeah. entirely. He's the money maker for DC, man. Yeah, but see, what they would do is they just need to cast someone good in the role of Nightwing, and Dick Grayson in the comics. Nightwing, he does also become Batman eventually as well. 
uh, when Bruce Wayne dies. So JGL kill off Affleck. Uh, well, yeah, same. They already used that one because he would be he would be perfect. I Wouldn't think. he have been great? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Coming up is the story that I've wanted to talk about all day. Uh. God. <laughs> I don't think this is my episode. No, no. <laughs> Ridley Scott thinks that Gladiator Two could happen. He think just he can think. He he. He's been he thinking a lot think. lately. <laughs> he can think, and he thinks a lot of things are going to happen. <laughs> yeah, a lot of sequels. He's been mouthing off Blade Runner Two, this, then, the other. He's getting very old. I think he's taking stock of his life. He's like, I need to get out as many sequels <laughs> of my own movies as possible. Yeah, well, that, that that quote from him the other day when he was like, oh, you don't want to be waiting two years in between installments. I'm like, yes, you do. I mean, not if you're 79, though. So that's what he's thinking. I, I think, think what he should have said is you can't wait two years. Not that you don't want to be like, I literally do not have the time to wait that long. Yeah. Well, all right. Look, to be honest, um, I would love to see the sequel to this film. And he's talking about it. It would be with Decimus or De- what's his name? Decimus? Yeah. Maximus. Maximus Decimus Meridius. <laughs> um, you love this film, do you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, but he has to have a magnet. He apparently has in his mind um, a mechanism for which he's going to bring him back. Um, and I wanted to ask any, either of you guys. Actually, I'll ask George. What do you think <laughs> should be the mechanism for him to come back? Do you have an idea? I think he should just kind of just wake up. Wake up. Just don't acknowledge the fact that he did just like the next chapter in his life. My God, George, it's almost as if you haven't actually seen the film. Because <laughs> at the end of the film, right, he just goes to sleep. Yeah, that's exactly what happens. He turns off the light. So um, to his great shame, George has actually not seen Gladiator. All right, I've seen bits and pieces on the TV <laughs> over the years. Practically the same thing. Yeah, no, I really need to sit down and watch this film. It's been on my list for like... Ten years. Decade and a half. <laughs> so, um... <laughs> Um, all right, well, so maybe someone that has actually seen the film. What would you like to see, Ben? I honestly can't tell you a single thing about this movie. I saw it I saw it about 10 years after it came out. What is wrong with both of you? I don't know, it's a cares, great man. film. It's all right. It was fine, I guess. I don't know. It didn't do much for me. <laughs> um, I think if they're actually going to bring him back, given how the trends are going now, I think it's going to be a, a prequel uh, starring Russell, P- Russell Crowe being digitally de-aged. I would love to see that. Just <laughs> you know, you know they're gonna do it. Russell Crowe. It'd have to be like thirty years younger, because he's what aged another fifteen years since it's come out, and a prequel yeah, yeah. would have to be you know ten years before that. I'd wanted to focus on him being ten years old, and they de-aged <laughs> Russell Crowe like in the first Captain America. <laughs> it's not actually Russell Crowe. They've just used his face on an eleven-year-old. <laughs> that that I would watch. Okay, so. I just want to point this out. So this was a, 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 an idea that was floated around, I think, sometime after the first one had come out. Reportedly, Nick Cave had a version um, that didn't go ahead. But I just want to read this to you, because this is amazing. Um, Cave's version saw Maximus reincarnated by Roman gods to fight against the persecution of Christians before being transported to significant moments in history, including World War II, the Vietnam War, and the modern-day Pentagon. I'm not sure the modern day Pentagon is a is a significant moment in history. <laughs> That's just a place. America. That yeah, I would I would pay so much money to see that film. That sounds like okay, I haven't seen the film. That doesn't sound like it fits in with the tone and the feel of the first one. Because the yeah. first one doesn't have any uh, sort of Roman gods, or it's very gritty and realistic, isn't it? Yeah, and it was boring. So fuck yeah, let's do that one. <laughs> Nick Cave's awesome. He's been he's worked on some amazing films. I think 
I don't, I don't know what he was smoking when he came up with that, but I feel like he might have had some good ideas. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. It sounds like Gods of Egypt with some crazy time traveling. Maybe that's what it is. Um, apart from that, I don't know how he's really plans on bringing him back. I mean, that's probably the the one that you mentioned is probably the best one. He just wasn't actually dead. Should be like that. Fooled you all. Yeah. Completely re- ruined the first movie. Yeah, well. Moving on, number seven, we've got uh, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo without Fincher. Without, en- without anyone, really. Yeah, I'm, I'm really sad about this one. Be- I'm not, nothing against Fetty Alvarez, who's been announced as the new director who did um, Don't Breathe in the Evil Dead remake. But I loved, I really, really loved the Fincher Girl with the Dragon Tattoo American remake from 2011. I just remember that first opening scene, or that first, that opening credit scene. The immigrant song bit, that was very cool. The trailer, the trailer alone with that, that version of the song was amazing. Trent Reznor's score in that whole film, mm, Trent mm. Reznor and Atticus Ross, sorry, both two <laughs> heroes of mine. Atticus who? <laughs> it's all Trent, isn't it? Um, I, yeah, I, I liked that. I thought it was less a Fincher, which is still better than 90% of what's out there, but um, I, I don't really like Fincher doing, I certainly don't like doing him doing remakes. Um, of other films, especially recent films. But he put his own flavor in there. Oh, yeah, totally. And it was a lot better than the original, I thought. But, um, yeah, I'd rather see him do other stuff uh, than continue that franchise. I think from watching the Swedish films, I never read the books, but they Mm. very much uh, dwindled in returns over the films. Uh, They got less interesting. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The story kind of meandered and went here, there, and everywhere. And that first film... Had a really nice, um, had a nice complete story, and the mystery in it was great. The books were a little bit like that as well. They they kind of dwindled a little bit. I mean, they were all good, but um, that was kind of mirrored in the the Swedish series. It, it kind of feels like it'll be an entirely new film. It doesn't even feel like a sequel because um, of the, well, just for the amount of time that's in between them. And they're doing the book that hasn't been filmed yet in Swedish or um, an American version either, The Girl in the Spider's Web, which I think was the one released post the, um, the author's death. Was the um, author dead? Yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah, he died a number of years ago. and I, Apparently, I know absolutely nothing about this author. <laughs> I've had a bad day. You don't know shit. Benny, thank you for keeping the ship Connor, afloat. you're thinking of Harry Potter, silly. Uh, it's okay, Rowling. The one uh, female writer. The only other book that ever existed, Harry Potter. I'm, a- I'm actually rereading Harry Potter at the moment. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I'm not really holding out any hope for this one. Uh, I like the director, but this feels so straight to DVD, you know, doing a direct sequel and recasting it entirely. Straight to DVD that nobody buys DVDs anymore. Yeah, exactly. So there have been a couple names floated around for the, the main role. There's Scarlett Johansson and Natalie Portman. Yeah, bankable stars and it's always thrown in the mix. And they're both great. I'm sure they could do it. I, I, I really like Scarlett Johansson. But I do not, I can't imagine her in this role. I also like Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. I just, I mean, the whole, the whole thing about the book is that she's not kind of traditionally beautiful and um, kind of- All I got to do is shave her eyebrows. That's exactly what it takes. But totally, that's what they did with Rooney Mara and she's hot as fuck. And, but she's got a very like girl next door kind of look and they really, whenever the producers saw her, they said, this is not the girl for the role because she doesn't look right. And she did a complete transformation with makeup. And her persona as well. So, yeah. well, after seeing Under the Skin, I think Scarlett could absolutely do it. She can do anything, especially Ghost in the Shell. Hopefully, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
So finally, we have a Wonder Woman trailer. Dun, 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 Let's end with a fizzle here. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of what this trailer was. It was just a bit of a fizzle. I actually watched it again just before we kicked off this episode, and it was better the second time around. I kind of appreciated the period settings a bit more uh, and the, the fact that it wasn't sort of modern day. I think there's some interesting sort of progression with her character over the course of history. But other than that, it looks very by the numbers. I'm not particularly excited. I think I'll, I'll probably enjoy it. It reminds me of um, Captain America, the first one. Um, yeah, I can see that. Which was, you know, decent um, by, um, by Marvel standards, at least. I think it looks, um, it looks like they've kind of smashed together the first Thor and the first uh, Cap- Avenger. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it just doesn't look too interesting. World War One's an interesting setting, I think. We don't really see that on film as much, uh, nearly as much. World War Two. Um, but yeah, just yeah, not much. Do you know the thing that there. really bothered me about the trailer was uh, when the um, logo comes up for Wonder Woman and that theme music plays. That bothers me so much because it's just it doesn't belong. Every time I hear that music, it's always out of place. And the only reason that they chuck it in there is because they're like, oh, we need to remind people of who's here. It's That's super re- memorable, though. It's, I th- yeah, it's got I a lot of character. But it would be really remember if, like, memorable if I you know, did a shit sound every time Batman came up on screen. I like it. It's got flair, and it, I think it represents Wonder Woman well. Mm. I don't love it. It, it does... It kind of gets you going when you hear it. I think, like you, <laughs> when you, you see, do, when you see Wonder Woman on stage. That's what's it, that's what's doing it for you. Oh, damn that music! I don't like. I don't dislike her. I just really don't think she's proved herself yet. And that's well, she. Or the only thing we've seen her in is Batman vs Superman. So let's not let's not judge too harshly. No, I no, and this trailer. But um, I I don't think she was any good in that. Everyone said she like saved the movie when she showed up. I'm like, I thought she was pretty pretty rubbish. Yeah, I mean, everything in the third act of that movie was horrible, but um, yeah, I guess no one could have saved it. But I don't, I, yeah, I don't know if she's really going to be able to hold this film up. Oh, well, it'll remain to be seen. We've got a few honorable mentions as well this week from other cool little tidbits that came out, including Ridley Scott saying the next Alien film is going to be a sequel to Prometheus and a prequel to Alien Covenant. You picked it, Ben. Well wow. done. The sequel to the prequel. It actually happened. Started as a joke. Now we're here. It's still a joke. <laughs> um, so so he's actually said this is a prequel to the new Alien film. Yes. This is still amazing. What? What is he doing? I, I think he, he... Certainly he has to just be some old senile man that they're just going like, Yes, Mr. Ridley. We'll do that right away. I've kind of heard that is how it is on his sets. The strange thing with this film is that... The Alien films have never been jumping around in time before. Mm. They've always been linear. Mm. You know, 70 years later, 100 years later, et cetera, et cetera. With this one, oh, I think it's just getting too messy. And how do you communicate that effectively in your marketing for the film? And what kind of consequences does this leave for, you know, uh, the upcoming film Covenant? I yeah. don't know. He's essentially gone one, three, two. Very confusing. I don't yeah. And what does it matter? I mean, nothing that happened in Prometheus really had any consequences. Exactly. It wasn't even on the same planet as aliens, exactly. so it didn't matter. So, Jesus Christ, they should just forget about Prometheus for now. I don't want to get into another argument about Prometheus. I'm just saying, plot wise, wow, plot, plot wise, it doesn't seem to have that much bearing on the new film necessarily. 
Um, God, why is he making three before two? Why didn't he just make two? If he's if he's planning ahead so hard, I don't understand. Um, he's learning. I feel like this he's could learning. go on for about twenty minutes just on itself. Yeah. Um, the other honorable mention, uh, Game of Thrones, is only going to be six episodes. Um, that came out. Um, I mean, short, very short season. It's a very short season. It's normally eight or ten, right? It's been consistently ten, I believe. Mm. Um, which day. I'm <laughs> kind of upset about because um, I enjoyed. I I have this weird tradition where I'll watch all ten in one day. I'll just like, <laughs> take a Sunday off and wait until they're all out and just pump through them. Are the episode lengths themselves increased as well? Have we, have we heard anything know. about that? Because no idea. HBO tends to do whatever they feel like as far as episode length. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we were seeing some like you know hour hour twenty potentially um, episodes for this. Awesome. Um, but I think more details will come out later. Um, and the other on mention is the new, um, Pixar film Coco, uh, was released or the trailer was released for that. Um, from what it looks like, it just looks like a remake of, uh, the book of life, which I enjoyed. Um, yeah, but nobody saw it. So it's kind of good that, uh, well, yeah, this give it a, a give it a chance to be seen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a release so that everyone can see it. But yeah, apart from that, that's, um, it's the news of the week. Yeah, another episode done, and this week we'll also have our Ghost in the Shell retro review from The Vault, and Connor and I went to see The Cure for Wellness, and we forgot to invite Ben, and we're in trouble. I was, I was sitting at home, all alone, <laughs> just looking at the wall, I didn't know everyone was having fun without me. You're in the, in the pub getting belted, we know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so thanks so much for joining us, guys. Please subscribe. We're on iTunes. We're on YouTube. Uh, signing out, guys. Thanks so much. Thank you. See ya. Yeah.